Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. Amen. Come on, give him a clap offering. We don't have to get quiet. Do you guys believe it? We just sang some powerful words. Do you guys believe that? See, there's a big difference between just coming and sitting in church. There's a difference between coming and singing in church than truly believing what we're saying, than truly believing what we're singing. See, if we truly believe what we're singing, then the church should be the most powerful entity in our community. Why is it not? Why is it? Are we not spilling out? Is that it? Have we become, oh, we love our church and we love singing together and it lifts me up so great, but we don't take it to the streets? we got to be taking it to the streets, people, because we believe in the greatest thing that ever is, was, or ever will be. We have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It wells up within us, and we shouldn't be able to keep quiet. Not to our neighbors, not to our co-workers, not to the strangers on the street. We have hope. We have life. We have the words of Jesus Christ. So let's not just sing in here. Let's actually mean it. Let's truly allow it to affect us and then allow that to spill out. Oh, it should be oozing out of us like sweat on a 100-degree day. We shouldn't be able to keep it inside. We need to turn it loose. The church needs to step into the power that it has been given. Amen? Father, Lord, we thank you so much for everything that you have done, everything that you've bestowed upon us. Lord, from the cross to the resurrection to the ascension to the powerful baptism of the Holy Spirit, Lord, allow us to have the boldness and the inclination to walk in what you have given to the church. Lord, let the church arise in power and in authority, standing in truth and in your love. Father, it is all because of you. Jesus, it's your blood. It's your sacrifice. We're here because of you, Jesus. For no other reason than to glorify you, Jesus. Help us. Help us to change within our lives. To break every chain. To lay everything at your feet that is holding us back. If that's addiction, if that's fear, if that's pride, whatever that might be. Lord God, help us to have the confidence in you to lay it at your feet and not to pick it back up and to arise and to truly be the church that you intend us to be by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, appointed by the Father, we ask that it will be let it be, Lord. 
let it be. We lift all of this up to you in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That name that is above all names, above all circumstances, above all addiction, above all hurt, above all pain, above all darkness, the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone shout it out. Amen. Amen. Guys, let's live it. Let's live it. Let's be it. Let's be. Man, they talk about all these strong things in the community. Oh, it's got government. You know, we're the seat of government. Now oh, that's a strong thing. And, and, uh, population and community and all those. Man, all of those pale in comparison to being sons and daughters of the Most High God. We need to be that in our community. How many of you guys love your community enough to be that? Amen. All right, goodness. Goodness. We're raring, and I am so raring to go. Um, Kids, you guys are dismissed. You guys head on down. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a good time up here. Sometimes it's like, man, I wish we could just keep the kids up here, but probably not for this message, maybe. But they're gonna go down and get their own stuff. Parents, grandparents, always ask your kids what they did in, in church this morning, okay? Because out of the mouths of babes, man, they can tell you some stuff and it can just warm your heart. I'm gonna I gotta I have to run through announcements quick because I'm chomping. Chomping at the bit, man. I'm ready to go. I'm that racehorse. I'm in the gates, and I'm just waiting for the bell to ring and the, the gate to open. So, so let's run through um, announcements real quick. Wednesday night groups, they're going to start September 7th. Mark that on your calendar. Wednesday start September 7th will be the start of our small groups. Small groups make a big difference. Small groups is a great way to, to meet more people, to, to plug in. But not only that, to get ministered to, to get challenged, to learn. All these classes are going to be great. They're gonna, you're going to learn. Wednesday night, man, get back here and, and get with other believers and get with Jesus. It's a, it's a great thing. That is in the app. That is in the bulletin. All of those things. And then next we have Bridge Family Night Movie and Barbecue. We decided on a movie, How to Train Your Dragon. It is a great, great movie. Um, Friday, September 9th, barbecue is at 6.30. The movie, will, it's outside if you've not attended before. Um, we want rain every day because it's so dry, except <laughs> September 9th. If we could, Lord, if we could get that in right now. Um, maybe not so much rain on September 9th, but we'll take it the 8th and the 10th. So 8 o'clock, the movie, bring a chair, um, bring snacks. We'll have the barbecue. We'll have popcorn. It's just a fun time. Um, probably we'll get complaints from the neighbors like we do all the time because too many Christians are having too much fun. But I'll take that upon myself. And then September 16th and 17th will be 24-hour prayer. We kind of took a little bit of a break over the summer with 24-hour prayer. We're going to jump right back into that. If you're newer here and you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about, um, we do a 24-hour prayer. It starts at 7 p.m. It'll be on September 16th. It'll end at 7 p.m. on the 17th. We have a sign-up sheet at guest services when we get closer to this. 
If we're not full, I'll pass it around, but everybody can take a one or two hour slot for 24 hours. And if you're going, how do you pray for an hour? Try it and you will see how you can pray for an hour. It's 60 minutes is not that long. We have a lot of people that started out at an hour and now they take up two hour blocks. And, uh, and you'll talk to people in here. Some of the best times is those, is those night hours. Two in the morning, three in the morning, four in the morning. It's a great thing. Um, but sign up for that. If you guys have like spots you really want to grab, grab them today. Um, we don't have to have just one person here per hour. We can have multiple people per hour. Um, we'll talk more about that as that gets a little bit closer. And then we have the men's ministry barbecue kickoff. That's September 19th, 6 o'clock. Is that right? 6 o'clock, September 19th. Men, come. Just come. Bring, bring as many people as you want. It's going to be an awesome thing. Um, it's always great for men to get together and uh, pray and eat meat. It just, it's a beautiful thing. It's, it's, it's God's design right there. And then, of course, last Sundays is what we're kicking off in September. Um, we'll have a potluck the last Sunday of every month. Um, bring a main dish, bring a side. Uh, it's going to be a great time. We do potlucks great for this first last Sunday. Um, we're also going to combine it with the movie, the movie about C.S. Lewis's life, um, the most reluctant convert. If you know any of his backstory, yeah, he was pretty reluctant. Um, that is a humble statement by him saying he's the most reluctant convert. So that'll be September 25th, following the last Sunday potluck. Good to go, right? Get the app. If you don't have the app, get the app. It's on there. Grab a bulletin. Everything is in your bulletin. Um, giving. Let's get through giving real quick. Um, four ways to give. You can give online, bridgehelena.com. You can get to that through our app, which makes it really easy. If you want to just text to give, just text the amount you want to give to 84321. There's, of course, giving boxes in the back. Shove those, just pack those full. Um, we love that. Or, of course, you can always mail. If you're an online attender, maybe you don't even live in the state, and you consider us your church and you want to give, you could either do online text or mail. It'd be a little hard to do the giving box, but we want to give you guys every option available to worship with your tithes and offerings. It can be the hardest step in your faith to give God your money, right? Though it should be the easiest. And I would bet that any of you who are faithful tithers could say right now, oh no, that's easy. That's the easiest part of my faith, is giving them our money. You've got to break that ice. You've got to try it. You've got to watch God do what God's going to do. Those are announcements. That's how we give here. Um, you guys ready to roll? I'm ready to roll. Let's, let's pray. Father, once again, once again, we gather before you. Once again, we gather in your presence and in the name of Jesus. And once again, Lord God, we come to worship you in spirit and in truth with an excitement, with an anticipation that you will challenge us. Lord God, that you will convict us. Lord God, that you will confirm things in us. Lord God, let your word infiltrate our hearts, 
our hearing, our mindset. Lord, don't let anybody leave here. Don't let anybody... Lord, my heart is, is heavy today. Don't let anybody leave here the same way they came in. Lord, don't let people leave here with the burdens that they brought in. Because, Lord God, you're here and you're willing to take that. So, Holy Spirit, work on us. Work on, right now. Right now, begin to work on us. Begin to speak to us. Let everything come together just the way you can bring it together and make things great. Holy Spirit, allow me to say the things that you have me to say. Lord God, if it's not of you, I don't want to say it. And help me. Help me today with this message as it's, it's a little bit harder of a message. Lord God, help me get through it in an appropriate way that I may represent you in an appropriate manner. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And once again, everybody shout it out. Amen. Amen. I love it that we can shout it out. All right. Well, today the title of the message is Signs of the Times. And, and I'll be honest with you, this is, this is maybe not a message that, that I want to do. Though when God gives it to me, I get excited about it. As if you guys were here last week, you know I alluded to um, that I feel like the Holy Spirit really interrupted me where, um, where I thought we were going. And instead of saying, Jason, you're making a mistake, the Holy Spirit simply said, no, that's where we're going, but we're going we're gonna to detour for this Sunday. So, so the Holy Spirit's saying, you, you need to, to preach this message this week, and, and I was like, oh goodness, okay, I, I can do that. Um, I'll be obedient. I will say this, today might, might be a little rough. Might be a little rough. And, and honestly, I, Amy will tell me, boy, you have some rough messages. So when I'm saying this message might be a little rough, I don't even know what that means. But you know what? Sometimes it takes rough to get us to where we need to be, right? The easy church, the watered-down church, that's the church that's not going anywhere. So sometimes it takes a little bit of roughness, and, and uh, it's bathed within the love of, of, of Jesus. So, so please stick with me until the end. Um, don't tune out. Don't get up and leave. Um, it'll all be good. We'll get through it together because today's message is... It's really about all of us, right, as a church. But all of us as a church is made up of individuals. So last week, um, I was going along, and, and we had Teen Challenge here, so I didn't have to prepare a message. So I was working on what will be a, a, a small series that's coming up. And, and all of a sudden, um, actually, I was working out, right? I was, I was working out. I, I think I was doing legs because I'm still trying to get my legs back into shape. And I was met with this urgency, this urgency in my spirit, as well as this deep conviction to, to really to encourage us all to be, to be vigilant and to, to keep our eyes open. How easy is it for each one of us to close our eyes, to take a break, right? Maybe it's just a mental break. Sometimes I need a mental break. Sometimes it's like, 
okay, I got to leave my office. I need to come over here and either clean something, fix something, or build something. I just need a mental break from that. And sometimes, sometimes we need a physical break, right? It's like, man, I've been working hard. I've been working outside a lot. I just need to take a day off, like a Sabbath day, to, to let my, my body recuperate. The older you get, the more important that is. But sometimes we, we allow that to, to kind of shift over and, and we think we can just take a spiritual break, right? But that's not God's economy. The more we push in spiritually, the more, um, the more full we become, the more fed we become. So please don't, don't take a spiritual break. Let's press in and let's see what God has for us this morning. Most importantly, I, I know from the depth of my heart, from, from my spirit, I know we need to be awake and ready for Christ's return. I know we do because the Scripture tells us to be. Whenever that might be. Right? People can say, well, you've been waiting, you guys have been waiting around for thousands of years. It hasn't happened yet. Doesn't mean we're not ready. Doesn't mean we're not waiting. So we need to be ready for His return whenever that might be but we also need to be conscious and informed about what is happening here right now. Amen. What is happening here right now? now? Now, I could say what is happening here right now in our world, but that seems so abstract, doesn't it? I could say what's happening here right now in our country, that'd be appropriate, but that, that seems so distant. So I will choose to say what is happening here right now in our own community, in our backyard, simply because that is the urgency that God pointed out to me. He burdened me with this community, with an urgency and a flashing light warning. See, no longer can we wait on distant shores, gazing at other places and their issues and their dysfunctions, because those issues and dysfunctions are not only at our borders, they have infiltrated our community, our families, and even our churches here in our community, not just in Montana, here in Helena, Montana. Now I'm going to throw a, a whole lot of scripture at you guys this morning. Instead of, I'll, I'll have it up. Instead of having to, to whip through it, maybe just write it down and revisit it later. But there's a lot of Scripture this morning. It's what the Holy Spirit just kept throwing at me. And He did this because Scripture is the basis of our truth and our understanding. It is the standard that we are to ground our perception, our understanding, and, con and how we should conduct ourselves. Now, if this is not your current mindset, then your standards are built on shifting sands. If you sit in here today and you say, well, the Bible's a great book. There's some good stuff in the Bible. But I believe that it's not the only book. You believe that? I'm not going to pull any punches. Your standards are built on shifting sands. See, instead of having a foundational standard based on God's Word, you will enslave your, your reality.
to the sin nature of this world that can and will only lead to destruction, deviance, and death. Now, on the other hand, God's Word found in the Scriptures brings life through the illumination of truth. Is that very truth that we as born-again believers need to be filtering our entire life through. If you are a born-again believer, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if He is your Lord and your Savior, then everything you do needs to be filtered through the Word of God because it is truth. See, by doing this, we begin to see things not, not as the world sees them, but rather as God sees them. And isn't that vital to living an alive and engaged faith that is energetic, effective, as well as inviting? How many, how many of you guys are living in an engaged faith? How many of you guys are living a faith that's alive, that's, that's energetic, that you're excited about, that, that's effective within your own life. I'm not even talking about your family's life or your community's life. It's effective in your own life. And if we do that, it's a faith that is incredibly inviting. Now before we go any further, I have to say this. As a church, Bridge Assembly is in no way exclusive. As a body of believers, we welcome everyone. We welcome everybody. Regardless of where that person is currently at, what they may or may not be involved in, or what they have taken part in in the past, they're welcome in this house. However, because we know the life-changing hope of Jesus Christ, we enter into every relationship with the expectation that God is going to do something extraordinary and life-changing. So though we welcome anybody from any background, wrapped up in any sin, we welcome them in. We have an expectation that God will not leave them there. And we have an understanding that we play a part of that within their lives. We believe that, we have faith in that, and we have confidence in that. If you agree with that, give me an amen. amen. Now hear this, hear me when I say this. Though we are available to the world, we are not tolerant of sin. Though we are available to the world, to those in our community, we cannot be tolerant of sin. We just can't be. And it is this right here that causes the problem between God's kingdom and the domain of this world. We, as born-again believers, must understand that in a society of lies, truth will always be offensive. I look out and I see you guys and you guys are so many loving people here. There's so many solid people here. 
But because you believe in the truth, you're, a, you're labeled offensive by this world. Okay. We got to decide. Are we okay with being offensive? Or do we need to be adaptive? Do we need to be careful what we say? See, it's the truth that sets people free, right? Amen. It's the truth that sets people free. But it's that same truth that is so very offensive. See, offense, offense is the sign of the times, isn't it? Everybody's offended about everything right now. The basic level of offense is the battle between good and evil. So let's run through some scriptures that we need to be reminded of and let's incorporate these verses into our current thought process and awareness of the community that we live in, right? This community that we live in. And this is a community that is plagued with false religions. It's a community that's plagued with demonic activity. It's a community that's plagued with worldliness. And it's a community that's plagued with vile and perverse ideologies. Remember, we're talking about our community here. And it's my belief that by looking at the signs of the times here, we will be better equipped to pray and battle for our neighbors, our co-workers, our children, and our churches. In your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, it says this. Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. Therefore, see that you walk carefully, living life with honor, purpose, and courage, shunning those who tolerate and enable evil, not as the unwise but as wise, sensible, intelligent, discerning people. Make the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil. This is a great scripture to start today off with. See, Paul here writes this as both, both an encouragement to us, but also, but also a warning he encourages us to take hold of every opportunity to use our time with wisdom, to walk carefully in our pursuit and faith in Christ. Why? Because he warns the days are filled with evil. The days are filled with evil. As a born-again believer, it's not hard to see that, is it? It seems that every day that we are here on earth. It's filled with a little bit more evil. See, those things that are not only tolerated, but, but are also now embraced, we're still looked at with caution and repulsion, sometimes just, just months ago. That's how fast things are changing. Things that we see as repulsive right now, this morning, in a couple months, there's a very good chance they're going to be accepted and embraced and even celebrated. Did you know that just last month, a drag queen story hour for children was hosted by a downtown business? Here, last chance gulch. 
in our town. Did you know that? We have a very active abortion clinic that's terminating life. We are now the island around trigger states. So we have more people coming to Montana, to Helena, Montana, to terminate the life of a baby. We have the Montana Gender Alliance here in our community. We have a Mormon temple being constructed. We have an active Masonic community. Helena, Montana, suicide, drugs, alcoholism, all significant issues above national average, in fact. And that's just to name a few of the things occurring in our community. Not somewhere else, but here in Helena, Montana. Because the days are filled with evil, vile, perverted, predatory evil. People, this is where we live. We are seeing the degradative effects of sin in our city up close and personal. And the repercussions are being realized on the most fragile sector of our population, our children. It's disgusting. Amen. It's disgusting. And it's a sign of our times. I often ask myself, how have we come to such an appalling, noxious, and repugnant place? And I'm taken back to the beginning. All the way back to Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent, Satan, was more crafty, subtle, skilled in deceit. We, we need to just stop that right there and focus on that. The serpent was more crafty. The serpent now, right now, is more crafty than ever. He's still crafty, subtle, and skilled in deceit. We, we, we now combine that with Job 2.2. The Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? Then Satan answered the Lord, From roaming around on the earth and from walking around on it. Walking around on it doing what? Being subtle, skilled in deceit, being crafty. Now combine this with 1 Peter 5.8. Be sober, well-balanced, and self-disciplined. Be alert and be cautious at all times that the enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour, roaming to and fro with subtlety, being deceptive, being cunning. Let this serve as a warning that the biblical reality shows we exist on a battlefield. Not the idealistic distortion many Christians seek. We come to church on a Sunday morning and we feel good about ourselves. We, we hang little signs up in our houses. We wear t-shirts. Maybe we have a bumper sticker that talks about who Jesus is and we feel good about ourselves. 
all the while creating this idealistic distortion that we live in a world that's not so bad. We live in a vile world. We live in a vile community. This morning, as we gather together here to worship our Lord, as we listen to God's word, as we edify, encourage, and build each other up in the faith, understand that the reason we do this is to be unified in prayer so that we can then leave here and be a godly influence in our community. Some of us just leave it all here, right? We leave our Christian identity at 725 Granite. We put it on the shelf. We hope it's here the next Sunday that we walk in, right? Oh, there you are. I've missed you all week long. My Christian identity. I can put on a smile now, walk into the sanctuary and sing extra loud. And in an hour, an hour and a half, whatever it is, I can put it back on the shelf. And I can walk back into this world and be whoever I want to be, living under my pseudo-Christianity that is absent of any power of the Holy Spirit. See, church isn't just about you feeling good about yourself and where you are right now. Though I will say there's a component of that. You should come in and you should, you should celebrate your victories. You should feel good about what God's doing in your life. You should be, you should be so excited that God is working in your life. You should edify. You should tell people, man, I had a struggle in the beginning of the week, but man, God, God showed himself. And, and we need to do that as a body. So there's a component of that. But church is about you being strengthened and encouraged to do the work of the kingdom. The work of the kingdom. The work of the kingdom kind of takes place in here, right? Right? The majority of the work of the kingdom takes place outside of this building. Look at Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. I've, I've used it a lot since COVID. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. There's the habit of some. People in this church have adopted the habit of neglecting to meet together, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. You. You being in and plugged into a biblical church. Did you know that that has a positive effect on the community that you live in? The fact that you are here this morning worshiping with us, the fact that you are here this morning listening to this message, the fact that you are going to hang out after I dismiss you for another 45 minutes and love on each other, those facts come together. You need to understand that that, by the nature of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, will have an effect on this community. If you allow it. Don't take what God does to you on a Sunday morning and not share it with the world outside. See, the signs of the times 
should be driving every born-again believer to get to church on a regular basis. Get to church on a regular basis. It's the sign of the times. Where else are you going to go? But remember, the serpent is crafty. The serpent, oh, you don't have to go every Sunday. No, that's it's not that big. Don't get all into that legalistic. No, you don't have to go every Sunday. And if that one person's there that offended you, you probably shouldn't go. And, and school's almost ready to start. It's important to spend time with your family. The serpent is quite crafty. Look at Proverbs 29.2. This, this is a great verse. When the righteous increase, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, the people groan. Outside of the church walls, are you hearing more rejoicing or more groaning? What is it? I'm not hearing a whole lot of rejoicing. I'm hearing a whole lot of groaning. When the righteous increase, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, the people groan. Where does that put us? Are we wicked or are we righteous? Well, we're righteous because of Christ's sake, right? And only because of Jesus. If we are truly righteous, we need to be increasing so that the people will rejoice. Maybe not on an on a entire world basis, maybe not on a country basis, maybe not even on a town basis, but on an individual basis with the people we interact with. They can rejoice. Once again, Paul clues us in. This is 2 Timothy. This is 3, 1 through 5. But understand this, that in the last days, dangerous times of great stress and trouble will come. Difficult days will be hard to bear. For people will be, listen to this, lovers of self, narcissistic, self-focused, lovers of money, impelled by greed, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, and profane, and they will be unloving, devoid of natural human affection, callous and inhumane. Flip that slide. Flip that uh, uh, Irreconcilable, malicious gossips, devoid of self-control, intemperate, immoral, brutal, haters of good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of sensual pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of outward godliness, which is religion, although they have denied its power, for their conduct nullifies their claim of faith. Avoid such people and keep far away from them. Boy, that's quite the list. And as we go down that list, I think if you could, if you had a wanted to check mark it. Yep, yep, seeing that today. Oh, yep, seeing that. No, that, that's in my workplace. Oh, that one's in my family. Oh, that's in my neighborhood. We can check all the boxes, can't we? Every single one of those boxes, we can check. But you know what? Reading through that, something, something catches my ear. 
an outward appearance of godliness. See, this is a self-proclaimed form of godliness that originates with a God complex which convinces the person that they can determine right or wrong, good or bad, truth or lie. See, we get this God complex and, and it's, it's the same thing that goes all the way back to the garden. You will know the difference between good and evil. That was the temptation. God didn't want us to know the difference between good and evil. Now we have it and now that has become something that in our arrogance, we can decide that, that within our own wisdom, we can determine what is right or wrong, truth or lie, good or bad. See, it's the ultimate form of idolatry right here. We as created beings do not have the ability to determine a moral code in the absence of God and His truth. You see, not only a world, but a community of Helena, Montana trying to do just that. This is what's right. This is what's wrong. This is what works for you. This is what works for me. Let's be fluid. Let's just pretend that I'm not, I don't have the DNA makeup of the male. I'll pretend to be a female. Um, I can say that, you know, that, that law doesn't pertain to me. I can do whatever I want over here in my own business as long as it's not hurting anybody. And if it does hurt somebody, well then so be it. Our children aren't protected. They're open gate. See, when we start to have this God complex where we elevate ourselves above the creator of the universe, everything goes to crap. Look at Isaiah 5.20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to them. Woe to them who call evil good and good evil. That's going on right now. Woe to them who put darkness for light and light for darkness. That's going on now. Woe to them who put bitter for sweet. Oh, that's not really bitter. That's sweet. Just taste it. Try it out. It's going to taste so sweet. No. It's sweet for bitter. Remember, the serpent is crafty. And so are those who stand in opposition to God's truth. They're crafty. They're crafty. We need to be so aware because I'm telling you, it's inside the church. It is so inside the church. Bitter for sweet, sweet for bitter. Change it. Let's be crafty. Let's reword the gospel message. Let's take the, the context that I want to push and I'll find something in the scripture to back that up. It's happening all the time, people. Be aware. Romans 16 17 and 18. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause division and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them, for such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. Paul was warning about it then. How much more is he warning about it 
now. Colossians 2.8. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy or empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. There's a lot of philosophies out there right now, isn't there? There's a ton of philosophies out there. You've got the staunch secular atheists on one side, but it seems like they're shrinking more and more, doesn't it? Because some people are naturally wanting to believe in something. Unfortunately, what they're believing in is their own God complex, their own wisdom and ability to determine what is right and what is wrong. That is empty deceit. And that kind of philosophy, though, takes us captive. 2 Timothy 3.13, I told you lots of scripture today. See to it that no one takes... Wait a second. Oh, I did that. Let me read it to you. Maybe God wants to hear us. He let that one to be heard twice. 2 Timothy 3.13 While evil people and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Think people are going from bad to worse? Think people are deceiving more and more? On a daily basis. Again, not in this world, that's abstract. Not in this country, that's distant. In this community, this is happening. Some of you guys might be sitting here going, man, are things really that bad out there? Are things really that bad? Are things really that bad in our own community? Come on. We live in Montana for goodness sakes. I would say this. The signs of the times tell us yes. That is a bashed in front window door. Those are signs of the times. He breaks into churches. They used to be in a, man, that was off limits. It's fair game now. So what are we to do? What are we to do? As individual believers, as well as a church, what are we to do? Well, I love that God gives us options, right? God always gives us options, doesn't he? So let's look at three different options that I, that I see that we have here. First option, we can deny it. We can deny what's going on. See, I, I call this the ostrich approach. How many of you guys love ostriches? You know, we talked about zebras several Sundays ago. Let's, let's look at the ostrich. We want to be zebras. I don't know that we want to be ostrich. See, the ostrich approach is just burying our head in the sand. Right? We bury it in the sand, and we pretend that what is going on in our community is all roses and sunshine. Oh, look at all the good stuff. Look at all the good stuff that's happening. It's so good. Take a walk downtown. Look inside the windows. Look at the agenda that the downtown stores are trying to ram down your throat. Look at the crime. Look at the theft. Look at the drugs, the alcoholism, the attempted suicides. We don't have to look far past Chaudaire to understand there's a lot of junk going on. So how could it be roses and sunshine when everything that our eyes are telling us 
is that things are pretty messed up. But it's so easy to bury our heads. Because after all, isn't ignorance bliss? Right? Don't you love not knowing certain things? Because you don't have to face those certain things. Except blind ignorance, it's also a form of a hard heart. Ephesians 4, 17 and 18. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of hearts. You see, when we have a hardness of hearts, we turn a blind eye to what's really going on. Right? And when we turn a blind eye to what's really going on, in effect, we stick our head in the sand and we say, but inside our church on a Sunday morning, it's so wonderful. I really feel the Spirit in here this morning. Well, what's the Spirit telling you this morning? To leave it here? Or to take Him with you? So looking at this, though number one is a viable option, I would say that as a born-again believer with a biblical perspective, number one should not and really cannot be an option. Thank goodness we have another option, right? Option number two. Out of fear, we can seclude ourselves from the world. See, the monster may be under the bed, but as long as I stay under my covers... He's going to leave me alone, right? You ever feel like that? Oh, just leave me alone. Devil, just leave me alone. I won't make things hard for you if you'll just leave me alone. See, you're bargaining with the devil. You've just nullified yourself. And honestly, let's be serious for a minute. When has this approach ever worked in any part of your life? I'll just hide and pretend like it doesn't exist. Let's just hide ourselves as a church in this community. We can exist on on Sunday mornings, but we're not going to push against the community. And if we don't push against the community, it's not going to push against us. Let's have a watered-down, easy message, and then we'll just kind of be that church that doesn't offend anyone. See, that doesn't work. It especially doesn't work in our faith and in our church. And I see a lot of pastors out there who are afraid to preach the hard stuff because after all, it might offend the wrong people. Do we walk in that fear? Do we live in that fear? See, most Christians are no different here. So how you conduct yourselves outside of this church is in a very gentle way because you don't want to offend. You don't want to offend anybody. But when we, when we embrace current culture, what we're actually doing is giving in to our fear. And that fear is just a form of control and a form of bondage. Joshua 1.9, a lot of you guys know this scripture. I have not. What? I got my slides are all messed up. This is Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 
man, that, that was, this is in Joshua. You guys know what Joshua did, right? Man, the time of the wilderness was over. The time of subduing the promised land was at hand. Man, it was God's people, man. They were going to cross the river and they were going to do some damage. They were going to take some territory. And, and, and here is God telling Joshua, man, I have not, I, I, have I not commanded you? Have I not been with you this whole time? Now have confidence. Have confidence and be strong. Have confidence and be courageous. I don't want you to be frightened. You shouldn't be frightened of anything. And do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Boy, that's something we need to take out of here, right? Because we believe the Lord our God is with us when we're here on a Sunday morning. Sometimes when we leave, eh, where did God go? I don't know where He went. I don't think He's with me. He's with you if you want Him to be with you. Believe it. So we got to... Second option here is we can hide under the covers and pretend that everything is just great and that nothing's going to bug us. That monster, he can't get us as long as we just stay in our bed and under our covers. It's an option. But the faith over fear principle dictates that this really cannot be an option either. Not if we're going to be biblical. Not if we're going to be born again believers. That brings us to number three. What could number three be? Let's see what three is. Oh, we can boldly walk in the authority and confidence of Jesus Christ through the truth and love of the Holy Spirit. That sounds kind of interesting, right? Could this be the one? Could this be the one that we need to adopt into our life as individuals and as a church? Let's see what Scripture says. Lord, I hope my Scripture references are right. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. Is that that true, like serpents and scorpions? Because here in Montana, there's not a ton of... I was in Arizona. We were on the reservation. There's scorpions all over. There's tarantulas. There's there's snakes. There's some snakes here, but I don't think he's actually talking about serpents and scorpions. I think he's alluding to things that run contrary to him. Those that are trying to attack you. Those that are trying... To, to do you harm. Authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall hurt you. Nothing shall hurt you. Does that mean that, that uh, if we're outside and somebody finds out that we're a Christian and they beat us up, that that won't hurt us? No, that doesn't mean that. That means we can probably get hurt. But they can't spiritually hurt us. They can't do that. They can't take away our faith. They can't do any of that. They can't take away our salvation, our redemption, the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us. Look at 1 John 4.4. Little children, believers, dear ones, you are of God and you belong to Him and have already overcome them, the agents of the Antichrist. Because He who is in you is greater than He, Satan, who is in the world of sinful mankind. I like that. I like to adopt that. I kind of want to be that kind of Christian right there, right? I want to live my life like that. What about 1 Timothy 1, 6 and 7? 
For this reason I remind you to fan into flames the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not to fear but of power and love and self-control. Right there it is. That's the trifecta right there, right? The trifecta of power, love, and self-control. See, that's the image of Jesus right there. Power, love, and self-control. And shouldn't it be the standard that we aspire to? Each one of us in here should be aspiring to power, Holy Spirit power, love, agape love of the Father presented to us through Jesus Christ, and self-control, self-control that can only be gained through the Holy Spirit. So the power and authority we stand in is tempered by self-control that springs from a confidence in Christ. And these factors allow us to live in love that cannot be separated from truth. See, too many Christians are trying to separate love and truth right now. They're just saying, hey, we love the love message, but the truth message is a little too much. You can't separate the two. Think of it this way. Think of it this way. We are not to be pulled down to the level of the world, but rather in power, love, and self-control, we are to faithfully pray, speak, and live out the truth and love of Christ. Too often, as Christians, we allow ourselves to be pulled down to the, to the muck and the mire of the world. We get in arguments, but the arguments have been determined by their rules. So here we fall as Christians into these arguments and we're saying stuff and we're getting angry and it looks 180 degrees of who we really are as a born-again believer. Too long has the world set the rules. It's time for the Christians, the church, the born-again believers to set the rules. Remember, in a society of lies, Truth will always be offensive. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. As long as I'm speaking the truth in love, they can be offended. Because in reality, they're not offended with me. They're offended with their own sin. It's the truth. It's only the truth that will set the captives free. Here's one we need to put on a t-shirt. Jesus was the most offensive person ever to walk this earth because Jesus walked contrary to the sins of man. Oh yeah, that'd be a great shirt, right? But it's true. That's the truth right there. Of course he was the most offensive because he was put in to a fallen, sinful world. Told you it might be a little rough. But here's the thing. Everything we just talked about. All of that that I just said. Coming right down. It's like a big funnel. Right? The big giant funnel. That funnel has come right here. It has all come to this point this morning. Are you guys ready? Are you guys ready where everything has just come to? No? Oh, a couple people are ready. Here it is. It's profound. You have to choose. 
you have to choose. Back to the book of Joshua, to the end of the book of Joshua, we started out, God saying, man, I am with you. Man, don't fear. I have got you. We're going to do this. Actually, I'm going to do it, but I've chosen you as my vessel. That's what he still does. He looks at you guys and he says, man, I got stuff to accomplish. I'm choosing you. Don't be fearful. Be confident in me. That's how we started out in Joshua. And then Joshua comes after all the things that he saw, the things that he did. It brings us back to this point. And we see Joshua coming face to face with the same choice each one of us has to make. Joshua 24.15 and, and if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We live in a vile community. We do. There's all sorts of gods in this community. There's all sorts of things to serve in this community. And God's, God's asking us this same question. Choose. Choose this day whom you will serve. You want to serve the world? You want to serve the, the things of this community? You want to serve the money? You want to serve the perversion? You want to serve the addiction? You want to serve the government? You want to serve any of those things? Well, then choose those things and you go serve those things. Or we can take the view of Joshua and simply but boldly state, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It doesn't matter what comes against me. It doesn't matter where I'm standing. It doesn't matter with my health. It doesn't matter with my finances. It doesn't matter with offense or persecution. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, here's the deal. You've got to choose something. You've got to choose something. So choose who you will serve because you will always be serving something or someone. If you choose Christ, then live like it. Worship team, if you guys can come up here. Trying to get out on me, Tamara. Sometimes it's the only way to keep her in church. If you choose Christ, then live like it. If you choose Christ, then act like it. If you choose Christ, then pray like it. And if you choose Christ, then speak like it. And remember Romans 8, 37. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain an overwhelming victory through Him who loved us so much that He died for us. See, it's these, it's these Old Testament verses and these New Testament verses and they're coming together. Choose today whom you will serve. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord and in that, I will be more than a conqueror. 
I will gain an overwhelming victory through him who loved us so much that he died for us. Bring the lights down. Bring them all the way down. Here's the deal. It comes all the way to this point right now in this service. This is the response time. This is the time we respond to what God is doing in our lives right now. See, I read this and I says, but for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, serving the Lord is much different than just talking about it right? We talk about things, those are words, those, those describe where our heart is and where we're at. But when we actually serve, those words become actions, right? No longer are they just lip service, but they are true service. We are truly serving the Lord. So this morning, this morning, I'm going to open up these altars. I'm going to open up these altars for every single person in this church who wants to make a declaration that as for them and their house, they choose to serve the Lord. And I'm not asking you. I'm not saying, oh, if you don't feel like coming to the altar this morning, then you just do it in your seat. That would be fine. I'm not saying that because when God places an urgency upon my heart and says, you need to open up the altars and you need to get people to the altars because I want to see the declaration in their life, not just hear it with their words, but actually see it in their actions, then if I'm not faithful, well, then I'm not worthy to be up here. I'll resign tomorrow if I will not do what God is asking. So I'm asking everybody to stand up. Everybody to stand up right now. If you are in a place in your life where you need to come to God and you need to give Him the words first and follow that up with action, and service, well then I want you on the altar. If you are in a place right now where it's been a little bit, man, you just feel like you've been backslid a little bit, maybe you're not into God as much as you used to be, I want you to come to this altar and I want you to get before God and I want you to proclaim to Him as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. And if you're in a great place, I want you to get to this altar faster than anybody else because you're in a great place and I want you to affirm those very things as for me and my house I will serve the Lord I'm saying it personally as for me and my house we will serve the Lord and I'm saying it corporately as for me and this house we will serve the Lord amen we're going to sing power Man, we're going to sing with some power. And I'm telling you, get to the altar. This is out of six years that I've been here. I believe this is the make or break moment in this, this church, in my ministry. It is right now. It is this morning. It is what keeps us where we are. Or it's what leads us into something greater that none of us can imagine. Amen. tell you guys there's a lot of chains out there that need to be broken there's also a lot of chains in here that need to be broken so when we affirm and we say as for me and my house i will serve the lord what is our next step what is our well i'll tell you what our next step is get to church next sunday 
You guys that are here, you guys that are listening online, get to church next Sunday. Make it a, a priority to get to church. And the next step, we begin to invite people to church. If there's people here, you haven't seen them since COVID, go pick them up. Use duct tape and rope if you got to. Get them to church. They need to get to church. And those that have never experienced church before, bring them here. This is a biblical church. We're going to speak truth. It is time that the church starts influencing the community and not the other way around. Listen to this. Listen to this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It's time the church rise up. It's time the church takes back this community. It's time we take a stand through our words, our actions, and our prayer. Let's do it. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much that you have brought together such an army of believers. And Lord God, I believe you're bringing them back. I believe you're bringing new ones in. Lord God, you are building an army in these last days to proclaim the goodness, the hope, the truth, the love, and the righteousness of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. As for me and my house, we choose to serve the Lord. Lord, go before us. Come behind us. Let us not leave our faith in this building. But let us take what we have and spread it all over. Lord, with boldness to speak the truth, with love and compassion to meet the needs. Jesus, you're the one and only. You're our one and only. We pray this in your name. And everyone shout it out. Amen. 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 This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to bridgehelena.com. And we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.